Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Box Out. We have a familiar guest today. Georgi, welcome back to the show. Thank you for inviting me again. Hi, everyone. Uh, and at the time of this recording, the playoffs will take place this evening. All the matchups are set and the first four games will take place at 1 p.m., 3.30, 6, and 8.30. But before we talk about that, I want to go slightly chronologically and I want to ask you a big question, which is, who is your regular season MVP? Uh, it's a tough question because I think it's very, very close between Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. I'm still leaning uh, just a little towards Joel Embiid because I think that Joel deserves at least one MVP uh, for these three years. I think he's been the most dominant big man and the most unstoppable big man in uh, modern NBA. And I think uh, he deserves at least one MVP title. He became scoring champion again. He's putting up unreal numbers. He's shooting a lot of free throws and uh, he's a headache for any defense. Of course, Jokic is also phenomenal. I don't know what to say. Numbers speak uh, for itself. Mm, Jokic is amazing uh, also in this season. But I still, I'm still leaning just a little towards Joel Embiid because the last spell, the last uh, games, uh, he was very good. But I think it's you know, very, very close. It's like 50-50, super close. Uh, I'll say one thing that I've been wanting to say about this MVP race is that it has become kind of toxic, if that's the right word, because recently it's been so close between these two players that like every bad game they have is used against them, which is not how I think the MVP should work. Like The definition of the title is most valuable player, and every amazing player is going to have a bad game once in a while. That uh, doesn't mean they're less of a player or they're less of deserving the title. So that's how it has gone so far. There was a night where Jokic had, I think, four points, a double-double without points, which was an all right game, but a low standards game for him, the game that the Nuggets lost. And that the same night, Embiid had an amazing game. And after that, I saw everybody just posting, okay, now Embiid won the MVP and stuff like that. And while I also agree with you and while also would be voting for Embiid if I could, I don't think that's how the situation would go and should go. But I want to say a few more things about it. Number one, I don't know why it's between those two players and why Giannis is not involved in this discussion. Right now, those three are the top three, and they will finish as top three for this season. But Giannis has been putting up unreal numbers as well and led his team to the best record in the league. But I feel like what Giannis has been doing has become so normalized. And it's weird that Giannis has been hit by this voter fatigue when Jokic hasn't on that same level. But for me, the reason why I think Embiid should win it is similar to yours. He was second behind Jokic in his two MVP seasons right before this season. So it's still really close, but I think Embiid has its Embiid's award to lose at this point. 
Yeah, uh, I want to add that, of course, Giannis is amazing and he might be one better player like all around uh, than Embiid and Jokic. But I think that Milwaukee is just so strong that if you put out Giannis from Milwaukee team, they still might achieve something, you know. But if you put, for example, Embiid and Jokic out of uh, Philly and Denver, I think they will struggle immensely. So that's why I think they are more valuable uh, this year. Mm, and like if you look at the record, uh, Jokic led Denver to the best record in West, but still uh, Philadelphia has a better record from the East, so it is very, very close. Mm, usually uh, the MVP race is decided because of this, who has the best record. Uh, and, uh, sometimes when you lead the NBA, it's like a huge uh, advantage. Uh, but uh, this year, Philadelphia has even better record than Denver, even though Denver won the West. So it is even very close even in this aspect. So let's see. Let's see what happens. I'm very interested who will take. I just want a new player to become MVP. So that's why I'm cheering for Embiid a little. It's actually really interesting and kind of unbelievable that in this era of fast-paced basketball focused on... Long range shots and ball movement, or like finding the open man. These three big men have basically dominated this last decade and these like last five years individually. And I think no matter who wins it, it shouldn't be a knock on either of them, either of the three. The fact that MB doesn't win it doesn't mean that Jokic didn't deserve it. And all of Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis have been having amazing seasons since the late 2010s, and it's still going. Yep. So, let's look at what's happening in the playoffs. Kind of connected with what we were talking about, the first matchup in the West is Nuggets versus Timberwolves, one versus the eighth seed. Timberwolves won the playing game yesterday against the Thunder. And I want, I want you to tell me what you think about this matchup. I don't know. I think uh, Denver will beat Timberwolves. I don't think that it will be that easy, as people say. Some people think that it will be a sweep or something. I don't know. I think that uh, Minnesota still has uh, some talent. And I think they can uh, fight. But in the end... Mm, I think that Denver will succeed. Denver is very strong this year. Yeah, I like how they mm, uh, traded players, how they improved their defensive side, because Denver was always strong in the offense. If you look the uh, last 10 years, they were an elite offensive team, but they lacked this uh, defensive edge in playoffs. So now I, I think they have uh, more athleticism and more defensive ability to go deeper in the playoffs. So I think that Denver uh, will win the series. I think so too. Denver, obviously, a lot of people actually underestimate what the Nuggets can do. It's partly based on the success they had or the that they didn't have in these Jokic MVP years. But the situation is very different, obviously. In the last two years, obviously, last season, Jokic led his team to the sixth seed and they would probably not even make the playoffs without him and the year before the team went to the conference finals and I don't like how the people are underestimating them because they're led by such an amazing player who is incredibly efficient 
has eyes in the back of his head and creates so many open, open shots for everybody. And it's simply dependent on themselves. I feel like the championship is the Nuggets one to lose. I think so about a lot of those other teams, but I think yeah. they can very easily win the championship and are very easily a top-level contender. Next matchup, something mm, probably one of the most interesting first-round matchups, the Suns versus the Clippers, the 4-seed versus the 5-seed. Yeah, this, this matchup is very close, super close. I'm not uh, certain how Phoenix will play and how their chemistry is going to be. You know, they always strong, Phoenix, now after this trade of KD, even more, of course. But they lack always something in the end. They get fatigued, they get tired, and I don't know if they can go to the end, but uh, I never believe in Clippers, I'm going to be honest. Like, whenever I see them in the playoff series, uh, I always say that they're going to lose. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, this year, it's uh, the same. I don't think that uh, Clippers can defeat Phoenix, but I think it's going to be a long series. Uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting long series, but I'm going to still go with the Suns. Ironically, the way you feel about the Clippers is the way I feel about the Suns, because last year they had by far the best record in the league with what, 64 wins, which was like probably 10 more than the second best team. And Everybody thought that they were going to make the finals again, like they did in 2021. But I remember I didn't believe in them that much, which was weird because they had gotten better from the year before. But my kind, my kind of doubts became true in the second round. But even then, I don't know why, but I don't trust the Suns to get get these play with the same intensity and just same on the same level in the playoffs that they did in the regular season. Obviously, it's a very different team now, just considering they've added one of the greatest players of all time. And the Clippers are missing Paul George. But I feel like mm, the Clippers can make an upset here and maybe defeat the Suns in seven games or at least give them a run for their money. Okay. Uh, the next one, the one I care probably the most about, and I would I would thank you to uh, you do too, the Kings versus the Warriors, three versus six seed. Very very interesting series. Uh, I like you know Golden State basketball. I think it's the best um, basketball that is currently played in modern era, what they do, how they move the ball, how they switch in defense. I'm always a huge believer of uh, Warriors team, so I, I still think that this year they're going to win uh, the West and they will go to the end. So, of course, I'm going to predict that against uh, Sacramento they will win, but I think that a lot of people are underestimating uh, Sacramento, even though they had amazing season. They have the best ever offensive rating in uh, history of basketball. Imagine this year, uh, per 100 possessions, they have the most points ever. Imagine. So what they do on the offensive end, uh, I think it's remarkable. I think uh, they made a huge risk uh, They when they did this trade, you know, with Halliburton and Sabonis, because uh, Halliburton is an amazing player. And uh, at first I thought that it was wrong what they did, but... 
the results show that uh, it was an absolute correct move. Fox is pl playing amazing basketball. So I think they had to decide uh, to rely on Fox or Halliburton. They went with Fox. And I think what Sabonis brought to the team is amazing. Uh, he brought this play, his playmaking, his uh, toughness, his rebounding, and many, many positive aspects. The spacing uh, is amazing uh, in Sacramento team, how they space each other, how they move without the ball. I think it's remarkable. So I think it's going to be the most entertaining series, like the most offensive and open and uh, entertaining series in the whole playoffs. I want to say something about this series specifically. Mm, the Warriors and the Kings are the two best scoring teams in the NBA. You mentioned that the Kings are the first and the Warriors are right behind them at second. So it's probably going to be decided by the defensive side of the ball for both teams. Obviously, the Warriors have Draymond Green, one of the best defenders of this generation. But it still depends because I've, the Kings have had an amazing season. I don't like how people are just writing them off because they haven't made the playoffs in so long. I like the basketball they're playing, mainly because it's based on the basketball that the Warriors are playing. Obviously, they're coached by Mike Brown, who was the coach of the Warriors and the assistant coach of the Warriors pretty recently, a few years back. So it's going to be decided by basically whichever team defends more whichever teams make uh, makes it tougher on the other to score because it's going to be it's going to be a very high paced and fast paced series because yeah. that's that's the kind of basketball that both teams are comfortable with so yeah. one of the teams are have to are going to have to switch up and force the other to take tough shots or get them out of their comfort zone. I mean, experience is very important at this stage already in playoffs. So Golden State has immense experience. Sacramento has none. So I think uh, this is going to be a factor. I think also very important part will be how Andrew Wiggins is going to show up. Uh, because I think he was a vital piece last year uh, when Golden State won the championship uh, on the defensive side of the end. And uh, what you said, I agree completely. I think defense will decide many things in this series. So very important part, uh, in my opinion, is Andrew Wiggins. How he's gonna how he's gonna perform? Will he will play well or no? Uh, but I don't know. I'm still cheering. Uh, I still want Sacramento to be successful because Sacramento is the first love uh, for me in basketball when I started watching this game in early 2000s when they had amazing team like Chris Webber, Jason Williams and all those guys. It was my first ever favorite team in basketball. So I always cheer for this organization. I'm happy that they make playoffs and they have this progress, but unlucky for them. Uh, unlucky in the first round, uh, reigning champions. So let's see what will happen. The next series, the one that the people have been talking quite a bit about as well, the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. Two very versus the seventh seed, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, it's very hard for me to predict the series. I want LeBron to succeed, uh, but uh, Memphis, uh, oh, of course, is a stronger team, much stronger. But uh, Steven Adams, in my opinion, is huge blow. I think he's very, very important piece. So, I don't know, uh, without him, how 
Memphis going to be in defense. I think uh, Triple J uh, will be vital against Anthony Davis. It will be a very interesting matchup. Jackson Jr. against Anthony Davis. I don't know. Lakers is just so inconsistent for me. It's hard to judge. You know, sometimes they play well, but sometimes they play very bad. I'm still going to go with Memphis. But when the King is playing, who knows what will happen. Uh, I like the point that you made about the um, Stephen Adams being out for the Grizzlies because now um, Triple J will have so much work to do against AD and even LeBron because he fares in the paint as we know it very well without the uh, without any backup, almost no backup for him. Obviously, he's the main contender of the DPOI which I feel like he, he would be very deserving of. But now he has uh, almost nobody to help him, obviously, guard the paint. So it's going to depend on how much, how much, uh, how do I say this? How much chaos the Lakers can cause in the paint, which will cause the Grizzlies to play a zone defense, maybe, and force them to make shots. And I feel like that's what the entire series is going to depend on shot making. Because yeah, I think teams, Lakers should, yeah. yeah, I think Lakers should uh, rely on Davis. So uh, Triple J should uh, will get into foul trouble. I think it will be a good tactic you know, for Lakers from the start to rely on Davis more. But uh, I have huge question marks uh, for this Lakers team because um, we know that Memphis is a well-oiled machine. You know, they play their basketball and they're comfortable with it. But I'm not sure, like, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, all those guys, how are they going to perform? They're pretty inconsistent. Uh, and let's see. I think that still Lakers did the correct move when they traded these guys uh, in the last part of the regular season. But uh, I still have to see how all these people who were brought in will fare in playoffs. I'm not sure, actually, that they will play well, but let's see. From the Western 2 versus 7 matchup to the Eastern, Celtics versus Hawks. I... I don't have much to say about this because I have watched the Celtics quite a bit. I went to one of their games as well. They are very good, to say the least. They play a very good brand of basketball. People said that they were too dependent on their outside shot making, but I don't think so. They are definitely depending on their outside shot making, but they have these two amazing young players and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown surrounded by incredible role players, great players. Their depth is amazing. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon is one of the front runners for the sixth man of the year, Robert Williams, as well as Al Horford. And I don't think the Hawks can make this a series. The best I can give them is to win one game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Celtics are too strong. Uh, they were elite defensive team uh, last years, uh, but now this year they are much better even on offensive side. And the, you mentioned Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's vital piece for them, uh, and I think he deserves to be the sixth man of the year this year. And also, I think the, one of the most underrated players is Derek White. I think he's very, 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 very underrated. I think he's one of the best defenders in the league. And uh, in playoffs, 
Uh, I always go for Celtics because, you know, in players' defense is most important thing probably, and the culture of uh, Celtics team uh, should not be underestimated. And I really like this young coach. And for me, it is also hard to see Atlanta even winning one game. Atlanta is a very good offensive team. They have a lot of talent, but I'm not sure that uh, they can contain Boston on the defensive side. So I'm going to go with Boston. I agree with you on that. It's probably generous to give the Hawks a game, but we know that this is the NBA and it's the highest level of basketball played in the world. So there's always multiple games that are going to be close in almost every series. So and the Hawks have Trey Young, an amazing young player as well, who can who can get into that zone from outside shooting at any time. So he's going to be the one person that the Celtics are going to have to worry about. 76ers versus the Nets, three versus the sixth seed. Yeah, I'm going with sweep in this series. I think Philadelphia will, will win uh, 4-0. I really like Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know. I think that they have good pieces to make a good run in these playoffs. And um, I don't really like Brooklyn. Uh, I think they lack um, some pieces. They don't have this franchise guy, you know, who will uh, play as a main guy in playoffs. I think Bridges can do it. But uh, Bridges doesn't have this experience. He was like a role player in Phoenix. So uh, he needs time, in my opinion, to believe in himself more and to become this like the franchise player. They have amazing uh, role players in uh, Brooklyn. But I think that the coach still uh, hasn't found the best rotation. I think Royce O'Neal was do doing well. But when they brought Finney Smith, now Royce O'Neal's uh, time shrinked. And I don't think it was correct move because I think that Royce O'Neal was playing very well. Um, I don't think that Nets have enough pieces to go to the next round. I really like Philadelphia this year, so I'm going to go with the Sixers. This is one of the series that I disagree with many people about. I don't see the Nets winning the title or making a championship run in any way. But I really like the teams that have a no clear star because it basically forces everybody to play through each other. And it's probably the best types of unselfish basketball. Obviously, the Sixers are a better team. That's a fact. They have the leading MVP candidate, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, surrounded by great role players. And the Sixers can win the title. But I feel like this is one of those series where people underestimate the lower seed too much. And I'm not necessarily saying that the Nets can win this series, but I definitely think that they can give the Sixers a run for their money. Okay. Cavs versus Knicks, one of the most interesting Easter Conference matchups, I think, for versus the five seed. What are your thoughts? I'm going to go with the Cle with Cleveland. I I, th I really like their team, uh, especially the five players they have in the starting lineup. I really like old school basketball. So uh, Mobley is one of my favorite young players. I really like even Mobley's game. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to go with Cleveland. Uh, I never like Tom Thibodeau's, uh, you know, this 
basketball. I was never cheering for him. Uh, I think Brunson's been amazing for New York after he after uh, New York got Jalen Brunson. I think uh, they improved immensely, and they always play this kind of slow um, game, which is uh, sometimes uh, difficult to play against in playoffs. You know. But uh, I think that Cleveland can also play the same style of game because they have these dominant bigs, but they have also more options from the backcourt, you know, with Darius Garland and Mitchell and all those talented guys. So I think uh, Cleveland is more talented team and I'm going to go with Cavaliers. Um, I think this series is considered to be one of the closest series of the first round matchups. I haven't paid too too much attention to either Cavs or the Knicks, especially the Knicks. I watched a few Cavs games, but mm, the Knicks are a different, uh, different and an interesting team because Jalen Brunson has had an amazing season. And I, by the way, I still don't understand why the Mavs let go of him. Uh, Julius Randle, which is an interesting player, but I think he can become the true franchise player that the Knicks are looking for and take over that leading role. He has added a really good season alongside Jalen Brunson. And while I agree with you about Tom Thibodeau's coaching, I think I feel like playing the star players against the Cavs might work because Evan Mobley is still a young player. He might get into foul trouble the same way we were discussing about JJJ. And it, I feel like this is one of the series that could go very easily either way. I'm a little bit rooting for the Knicks. I don't know why, but I want to see them succeed. Mm, but the Cavaliers, I like the type of basketball they're playing. The young core just mm, that surrounds Donovan Mitchell, who has become amazing in the last year and has probably solidified the spot as the best shooting guard in the league. So my mind tells me Cavs, but my heart tells me Knicks a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. And the final first round matchup and the 1-8 matchup in the East, which is the Bucks and the Heat. I want to say something about this. Those two teams have quite a bit of history in the last few years. Obviously, in 2021... The Bucs swept the Heat on the way to their championship run. The year before, the Heat won 4-1 against the Bucs on their way to the finals. So there's a, quite a bit of history between these teams, and um, we know what Jimmy Butler can do, especially in the playoffs. He likes to step his game up. So I'm interested in how you think the series will go. Uh, I'm certain that uh, Milwaukee was not happy when Miami lost the first game in playing uh, because uh, Miami is never an easy matchup, even though they are in a bad form this season compared to the last seasons. I still think that they have this grit, you know, that's very tough to uh, break in playoffs. I think they are good playoff team. They have good pieces. Of course, Butler is an amazing playoff uh, guy who always works hard and who always elevates his game in playoffs. I, I like uh, Bem Adebayo as a uh, defender against Giannis. You know, you need specific types of uh, centers to defend Giannis, to build this wall, you know, which is the best strategy. 
And uh, I think that uh, Adebayo is a good piece for this kind of defense. But um, I think that Milwaukee is just objectively the best team in NBA this year. They have amazing, amazing team. They play this modern uh, basketball, which is uh, a lot of three points uh, and amazing defense, which is based on switching, you know. And they also have dominant big men. I think that Brooke Lopez for me was a uh, uh, surprise of the year because how well he played on the defensive side. For me, it was a huge surprise this season. He improved immensely on the defensive end. And uh, Bobby Portis is also very, very good, we know. I'm uh, disappointed in Milwaukee because they waived Sandro Mamukalashvili, our guy. But, uh, you know, Milwaukee is a championship team, so they don't have time to raise new talent. They want to achieve success now. Uh, I think Milwaukee will go very, very far this year. I even predict that Milwaukee will win the East. It's not hard to predict because they have the best record, but still I think they're a stronger team, the strongest team in the East. So I'm going to go with Bucks, but I don't think that it will be an easy series for them. I think that Miami can fight. What I want to say about the Bucks is that they're probably going to be contenders for a very long time. Giannis is still, I think, only 28 and he definitely has at least five or six years of all-time great basketball. As well as Drew Holiday, which has become an amazing offensive player, along with probably one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, arguably the best perimeter defender in the league. I liked what you said about Brook Lopez. He developed his defense late into his career, which we don't really see that often. But also, he has become an incredible threat offensively as well. And I think he has added a lot to this Bucks team. Because not only on offense are they unstoppable, they probably are the best defensive team in the league as well. Led by obviously Giannis's defense, Brooke Lopez, who is in the running for DPOI, Drew Holiday, and great three and D guys. For example, Jay Crowder that they just added, and I think I I think they can contend for many years to come, and I think that the defensive side of the ball will lift them over many teams. For example, the Heat in this instance. And any team, not only this year, but but for for a longer amount of time, any team that they will face in the playoffs. So I also have them coming out of the East, and I think that they are my current favorite for the championship as well. Yeah, I think for me the biggest question mark is Chris Middleton because we know how good of a player he is, and when Milwaukee became champion, he was the vital piece for them but after the injury I think he struggled a lot so um, they might not even need his top game Milwaukee is that strong but if uh, Middleton will find his game again and uh, at least come close to the form that he has been before the injury I think Milwaukee will be unstoppable I go with Milwaukee and Golden State finals that's my prediction Mm, that's my prediction as well nice Thanks for coming up to the show again. Thank you for inviting me. Always fun to be the part of this show.
Non problem. Thank you. Bye.